Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Mr. Flick, and this is the first episode in a new series I'm doing where I interview techno producers and DJs within the scene. These are going to be people that I'm releasing music with, that I have collaborations with, or maybe various suggestions from the community. So with that, my first guest is Mike Malokia, a.k.a. Skira. He's a hard techno producer. His sound is driving, dark, but it's always super functional in DJ sets. I often include his tracks in my mix series. He's got a two-track single out on Filth Infatuated called Battle of the Beak. He's also got two tracks out on Hydraulics, which is Dave the Drummer's label, and those are entitled Invasion and Stone Cold. And with that, I'd like to welcome Mike, a.k.a. Skira to the show what's up man how's it going yo bro yeah good how are you i'm good nice to finally see your face i know i know we only yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice to it's nice to put faces to names man i know it's all just email and social media so that's right man yeah yeah um so that's it's also kind of why i want to do this too just as a way to network and just to get to know people that are working in the scene and a lot of people who don't really get I don't know. There's just a lot of people working that don't necessarily get a shine put on them or just, you know, their story told. So you're absolutely right, mate. Yeah, that's... you're absolutely right. And I think that's, um, that's something that, um, a lot of people that don't, I don't think they understand the power of networking and the power of, um, of actually building relationships in this, in this industry, because, you know, um, this is underground music, you know, yeah. we're not, you know, none of us are, none of us are millionaires from making techno music um and so when you well i'm going straight into this but yes, no, you know it's, it's what... been on my mind and it is it isn't it's a natural progression into into something that i think about a lot when um when you've got kind of new guys that come into the scene i mean i was i was you know i was one of those guys you know when i first came to the scene and got signed to a record label my initial reaction was oh, i'm gonna buy my wife a new car i'm gonna do this i'm gonna yeah. do that and <laughs> the you know you six six seven eight years down the line and you've got probably about 30 quid to show for it yeah in you know in royalty in royalties then um you realize that um actually it isn't all that you thought it was um but the riches come in other forms and for me um the riches come in um in networking with people who genuinely want to help each other out because it's yeah. you know techno i mean techno music for me has been um has been a lifesaver in many ways but i mean helping others and having others kind of help you in return um really ha it has its own currency value you know um, yeah and so when you're in a position where you can help other people out um it's i i, th I think it, I, I genuinely think that it's something that everybody should do not everybody does but everyone should understand that this is the underground and you know this is how we remain yeah. you know relevant um by being a community you know yeah no, um, so that's such a good way to put it and that's also something that i've been coming to more of a realization of as well and just wanted you know i, I as producers too we can be pretty isolated you know i'm yeah. generally pretty introverted and things like yeah. that and i've kind of you know, hid behind that a lot. So that, that is exactly what you're saying is I've been feeling the same way. Um, mm. You know, it's not so much about what someone can do for you. It's what you can do to help to just help other people in any way that you can, especially in this small community of, you know, underground techno producers, that, that world. So I really, yeah, like totally. I, I think it's, um, it's more what you can do to help the scene as well. Cause I mean, you know, we're <laughs> anybody that, that knows me, um, personally is gonna roll their eyes if they're watching this and they see they see me say this yet again um this is something that i kind of use as an analogy a lot um and it helps me in terms of breaking down what's important to me being a techno artist and the way i see it is that um underground music in general not just techno um is like a machine and we're all kind of cogs in this machine so you've got producers that are the bigger cogs that serve the smaller cogs, which are the DJs that use the producer's material. Or if you're a DJ producer, obviously, you know, it all kind of filters through. And um, if any one of those cogs jumps out of the machine or, or gets broken or forgets to oil itself or oil the other ones around it, then you got a problem because the machine breaks down. And if yeah. the machine breaks down, you need to fix it. And I've seen it happen. I mean, I've, I've been doing this... I mean, I, I started um, in the late nineties. Um, and so I've seen scenes come and go um, sort of mid nineties with the happy hardcore scene in the UK. Um, 
and then through to kind of hard trance in the late 90s in London and then um, moving forward towards kind of the more modern stuff like the hard, hard house and stuff like that. Yeah. All of those scenes, I mean, even though they still have pockets, essentially those scenes died out because the people that were running them, or the, the producers, the you know, the promoters, the DJs, um, at some point they forgot to look after everybody around them and the machine broke down. And so in terms of kind of, so what, you know, what I try to do and what I, you know, pretty much everybody I know in the scene tries to do is put the scene first and realize that the machine has to keep running in order yeah. for us to maintain, um, you know, um, the, you know, the value of it. Um, and so I, I personally, that's, that, that's the kind of the first thing that, that I, that's that's what I hold at the kind of top of the pyramid, and then everything else kind of filters down. Whether it be you know, you know, self-serving or whatever. That's oh. no, that comes later on. You know, I like um, that. But by looking out for the machine, you're essentially you know you are serving yourself in the long run. So, I like that. And how's the scene in the UK? What part of the UK are you currently Good. in? Um, so I'm from London, but um. I moved to the Midlands about uh, eight years ago, uh, so I live just north of Birmingham. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, the the scene is great. I mean, um, part it's it's a funny one because I used to do the kind of right. Um, it's a it's a beat port coining, but I guess everybody knows it as peak time techno. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I used you, to kind of you produced kind of melodic stuff with Masinki. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that was kind of like the sort of thing I did before lockdown and it was tough. I mean, there wasn't much, there wasn't many opportunities in the UK um, in terms of. For that you sound know, you're saying? Playing music. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was more of a European kind of based thing. I mean, you know, you had kind of like Vitaly, Spartak and, and people like that kind of just rocking, you know, yeah. rocking Europe and kind of making it work really well in Europe. And we didn't really have anyone um of that kind of sound like in the uk kind of propping it up yeah because you um, were getting some decent signings with that with that uh under that yeah 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 no i've i've, I've been really blessed man i mean um masinki was great i mean it really um again comes back to networking for me some of the best friends that i've ever had in my life have come from that scene uh tony romanello is is one of them um you know greg Nothill, people that so you may or may not have heard of but are absolutely smashing it now um yeah. but you know we were all just trying to make it work as a, as a community back you know back then and uh but for me i always i enjoyed that sound and i still enjoy that sound melodies yeah. and stuff like that and it's kind of comes back to my kind of hard trance roots um back in the early the sort of late 90s and so i did i kind of i, I enjoy that vibe but there's something inside me that demands darkness like yeah, yeah. you know not in a not in a demonic way but in you know i, I, I just i just I love to mean. fucking have it and i mean i started I, I mean back sort of 98 we 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 um i got heavily into acid techno heavily into acid techno and that was the kind of thing that everybody kind of listened to in in london south london um and there were kind of like four or five main clubs in in just in the Brixton area or alone where you you would go on a Saturday night. Um, and there was a, there was a handful of people that were just pushing that scene really hard. And it was uh, the influences kind of were were there. About, and then like, like Dave, the drummer, you know him from that. Yeah. That era too. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely one. of. I mean, so Henry, Henry Cullen, Dave, the drummer is. um. So the thing with the UK is because, I mean, we, we, you know, it's a small scene, but the scene is very potent when it's kind of going. And um, Dave, the drummer, and a handful of other um, engineers, if you if you went into a record shop in the late 90s and you set up a, you set up a little, you know, you see you go in, I mean, it's great. You, you don't get these anymore, but you'd go, there was a couple of record stores we'd go to um, on a Saturday morning. And you go into these places and uh, they'd have like a turntable set up for you. And the guy behind the counter would give you, you know, a selection of tracks and they put, put them in your little pigeonhole 
and then you'd go through them and every week you'd have a new root master or you'd have a new smitten or you'd have a new you know pro cult or whatever was you know at, at the time and and i could i probably safely say that 80 percent of the tracks that were given to you were produced by henry cullen <laughs> it's just mad <laughs> and i mean even i mean i spoke to him the other day um when we were playing in birmingham and he said and i said to him about that dats and stuff and he's like fucking hell mate i have no idea where any of this stuff is anymore because yeah. he's just got he's got rooms full of dats yeah and it's just um it's mad to think that you know a handful of people have produced such an amount of music and it, for it to be so influential by so yeah, influential which is so much different than now because just everything is at everyone's fingertips so it's just yeah well it's easily so accessible much. isn't it yeah. that's the thing yeah. and I, I i i don't i actually don't mind that I, I like the fact that you know there are lots of people kind of um because one thing that will always happen is that you can have lots and lots of people put in their hand to things that they may or know may or may not be you know um into or, or you know just trying for the first time or whatever but you're only really going to get with hard work and dedication you're only really going to get a handful of people yeah say yeah. a handful of people but you're gonna are you going to get a percentage of those people who actually have a have something there that they can then take on but i i i believe that you you know quality will always be quality yeah. so you know you can have a million producers but you you'll you're you're only going to have a handful of people that you will end up networking and gravitating to anyway because of the sound that they produce or you know you just you know what you're listening for you know that uh you know what, what yeah. they've laid on their kick you know when you're listening to it you know you know how they're producing even before you've even had a chat with them so it's kind of that's kind of you know it that's a set there's a separation there naturally anyway yeah. but then um, even that so say someone is really talented but if they're not even putting themselves out there if they're not sending their tunes you know say they're even at a certain level this kind of goes back to what you were saying about the networking thing if they're you know they're just sitting on a hard hard drive full of tracks and they never never even try to put them out never yeah. send them to anybody you know what i mean then they're just you know could oh, i think no, that happens yeah. to a lot of a lot of people you know yeah i mean uh, <clears throat> We, we we all do it don't we we all we all start start projects and then abandon them and just kind yeah. of like then come back to them i mean it's funny because i am um, i do it but i do it with actual finished music so i i, I just recently actually value you mentioned ballad of the beak and um uh and the, the b-side i can't remember what i called it now without reason yeah without reason yeah <laughs> that's a good earlier, both yeah. tracks are, um, are great yeah uh, so with those with those two um they were two that actually i'd written and then i sent them off to my my mastering engineer ap and he um he does what he does with them and sends them back and i put them in a folder which is kind of like for kind of later on so what i do is i then completely forget about them i've forgotten i've done them and then um a year later <laughs> i'm looking through like i think what was it oh, it was actually ap that wanted he wanted a he's like have you done any have you done any kind of like um any sort of packs any sound packs sample packs that so that we can do a collab so i'm like yeah oh, do you know what i'll have a look i'll go through so i went through and i found this thing and i'm like oh you never guess what i found i found like 15 tracks that are already sort of finished <laughs> and um <laughs> so i'm like do you know what I'll, I'll put them out so um i just reached out to a couple of people that um i tend to kind of go to first and uh mark dean mark neenan is a really good mate of mine um i was playing a, a gig with him and i said oh i've got some music Do you want to hear it? he's like yes yeah. so i sent him the thing and he's like mate this is amazing where yeah. did you get these from and i'm like well i literally i've had them just sat on my computer so yeah he just said well i'll have those yeah. two and then he's got another one for a va sorry nice. Mark, I don't know that's great though. I, I say that but I always pride myself on actually finishing tunes, even if I don't do anything with them. Like, even if yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is all right. I'll at least get it to a point where it's like done and then try to put it aside. But I'm totally. not sending it out to get it mastered. That's because, I mean, I feel like once you do that, it's done. You know, you're not touching it again. It just right. kind of seals yeah, it up. Yeah. And if I do the master myself, yeah, there's like, I'm likely going to go back and tweak it, you know? Yeah. So well, this you, yeah. Uh, spot on that's exactly why i don't do the mastering myself oh, it, because yeah. what happens with that then is that you then have you then have the mastering project and you can then go back if because yeah. let's face it techno is subjective right and i have a 
every anything is subjective anything creative is subjective so um i i have a um a way that i like to work and i have a way that i like to do things and i have a there's a sound that just naturally emanates from me as as with you there's a sound that you can like if i hear a mr flick track you'll know it's a mr flick track right um hope so <laughs> that kind of that that helps to eliminate that kind of so so what that is i think personally i think that's your subjective that's your subconscious just taking over and just doing what you naturally do and just getting the job done right um and that comes with time that comes with um you know hours and hours of oh the work sound I mean, down. Yeah, like bruce lee said you got oh, yeah. you gotta do ten thousand kicks to be a master of kicking yeah and it's yeah. the same thing you gotta lay down ten thousand kicks to know what your kick drum's gonna sound like and i've you know a lot of people say how do you get the kick drum to sound the way it does and I, I genuinely i mean i can tell them the process but i don't know it just happens yeah and they'll you know try I mean? to do and the it, same thing and it'll just come out slightly did it won't come out the same it will it's always a come subtle out combination yeah, mine, of just mine comes yeah. out how it comes out yeah i mean you know yeah. it's um but what were we talking about anyway because i just went I don't right even off. know <laughs> <laughs> um anyway where, yeah where were we at well you were talking about we were talking you i asked you about the uk scene you were talking about dave oh, the right, drummer yeah. and then we went yeah, on a no, tangent it's, about yeah it's mad um, it's 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 good it's good so and we were yeah, just so, networking and then you know I, yeah so. Well, but Masinki, it's, that's the point we're just supposed to this is just it's good it's just it's chilling um as it Masinki, goes, yeah. yeah so missinki was great but it wasn't really going anywhere because big time melodic techno whatever you want to call it isn't really isn't really that big here um it's listened to but it's not really raved to very much yeah. it is but you have to be the kind of the right people alan fitzpatrick blah 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 all those kinds of people yeah yes. they're the people that kind of will get the dance floor full and so it's certain but it, but there are a lot of people that just want to have it they just want to have underground they just love an underground music and that's kind of seen and that that's that's filtered through from the 90s onwards yeah, there's a lot of roots kind of, from the uk with you know yeah. hardcore and then going into jungle and just all that Absolutely. you know it's 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 yeah it's, it's been there. yeah and then it also it's very regional so depending on where you are is depending on what you're going to get so bristol is obviously well renowned for drum and bass um and then you've got um obviously london being very multicultural so there's a lot of other things going on there not just sort of uh four four music there's lots of stuff going on oh, yeah um and then um birmingham has a small techno scene when it's not huge um and there is a handful of kind of um of nights that are kind of doing that what you would call kind of um melodic stuff but it's mainly raw and hard um these guys here um collide uh they're my brethren they um they're uh so they they signed me as a um as a resident um last year year before last oh, something like great. that and um we've had some amazing shows absolutely brilliant and we've been all over and they're they're i mean started off in birmingham but they're now branching out into they've gone to glasgow we went to glasgow not that long ago uh we're going to what went to wales um we're kind of um branching down towards london um starting to talk to the london promoters stuff like that so there's nice. a lot of scope but it really is the harder sound is really bigger than anything yeah. here and so, well, I mean, I think um, in general, there's kind of been a trend moving toward in that direction overall and um, within the scene, um, yeah. which I'm sure you're happy about with this project that you're doing. Um, yeah. Is there um, anything you worry about with that, with it trending that way? Um, I don't worry. I, don't, I wouldn't say worry. Worry is not really a word I'd use because at the end of the day, like I said, it's subjective. You, I have my sound and I will refuse to be pulled into trends Um for the sake of pulling being pulled into trends unless it's something i really dig yeah. um and i'm not into melodic hard house hard techno i'm not into um um using synth lines and stuff like that yeah. i i you know every, what i i i'm my roots kind of base uh, are kind of firmly rooted in 16th percussion elements and stuff like that so lots of 16th work uh, lots of um, just lots of very aggressive drum patterns and stuff like that. That's what I that's so <laughs> I'm going to kind of I'm going to link that slightly into um, the way I feel about sort of techno in general. 
or any kind of dance music in general, except for kind of EDM and stuff like that. For me, it's club music, right? So yeah. you, we make it. We don't make it so that people can have it on their Walkmans walking down the street. I'm just showing my age, Walkman. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> um, but what we do do is we play, we, we play, we make it with the sole intention of creating the best environment on a, on a dance floor. So when it comes out of that, that system, the subs are going, everything's been kind of leveled off. You've got an engineer who's just complete, who's, who's, who who is capable enough to be able to produce the you know the best quality output for for your music that's that's what techno's for yeah it's not it for me it's not really for i don't sit here working or or chilling listening to techno i just don't really do it i mean i'll listen to kind of like um like binaural stuff you know and just like like just stuff that's chill and i can focus with yeah um I never really listened to hard techno as in to listen to it. But when I go out to support friends or if I go and if, if I'm being booked and or prepping this a set is, or something this is like when that. it comes to life because yeah. it's a monster, you know, it's a, it's a beast. It's not, it's not supposed to be coming out of a, you know, um, of somebody's headphones walking down the street. It's supposed to be hitting you square on in your fucking chops yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> and and so i i i feel like that that's kind of really important that's a really important kind of uh aspect about techno is that it really is it's a it's a something to we need to sh- that you have to share as a producer you make it to share it in the right environment and so um i can't even remember why i said that why, why yeah. we're talking about that but, no, that's good um, yeah no we're just just but, rambling you on. know that so wh- where do you uh where do you hope to see it develop i guess um like oh, where, yeah, where would yeah. you so, like yeah, to see this me. yeah so so the yeah so the yeah the um i'd like to see um <laughs> well, i've got to be careful how i how i say this because it it doesn't matter as soon as you start getting controversial, you get all sorts of people yeah, kind of opening yeah. their mouth. But um, I'd like to see it less handled in a less commercial way by a certain um, sales platform. Yeah. Um, and and uh, have or- them have <laughs> the, that, that particular sales platform have less power when it comes to music and the power of music and how that that touches people's hearts because that said said late uh said platform is um is basically pull has been pulling the strings for a very long time and um they yeah. so i'd assume you're talking about beatport and oh he lines. said it no um yeah <laughs> but yeah well i, I was yeah. gonna ask no, you about I mean, that listen, too about I, how relevant do you think do you think it's still do you think how relevant do you think it still is in terms of DJ bookings and people and, and, zero? Yeah. So and then how how gamed is it at this point? I mean, I know it's on know, borrowed time. I, I I believe it's on borrowed time. I think. Um, but again, what do I know, man? I'm you know I'm not I'm not in that. Um, I don't. Um, but we you know we we it's one of those. It's a necessary evil right now because we're in a position where you know they're they're taking kind of 80% of the market or whatever it is i don't know i haven't got it in front of me but it's quite high yeah. and as a result you kind of have to play their tune and if you don't play their tune things happen such as people getting cancelled like when hard techno got eradicated and moved into the you know yeah, and yeah. off and a well bunch now of recently they've brought it they've brought it back i mean obviously we all know yeah um yeah yeah yeah, because um, there was that period where it was just hard to find. I mean, yeah, you would just have to dig yeah. through so much to find. Yeah, it was just all lumped in with Pete. It's just, yeah, basically. because the curators there ha- don't understand the nuances. And that's the, I think this is the issue. This is what I'm saying. It's like you, music is there to touch people's hearts and hard techno does not touch the hearts of somebody, the heart of somebody who's into, you know, I don't know, uh, pick yeah. a, melodic yeah. techno producer yeah so it's um that's you know you can't it's not just because it's got the word techno in it doesn't mean it's the same yeah yeah it's not the same yeah. 
Um, and, and, you know, anyone worth their salt, anyone who knows, anyone who's, who, who comes from that underground scene knows that that's not the case. Yeah. So in terms of the future, um, of, yeah, the sound of even like where, where, where techno, would you like to I, see the I, sound develop? Where, where do you see it going? Um, is it more about pulling from the past roots or would you like I, to see I it would more personally, I mean, you know, future. and this is just, I would like, I would like to see, because again, it's subjective. So, you know, just because I don't like melodic hard techno doesn't mean it's not, uh, you know, it's not a relevant sound. Yeah. That sound is, but, but for me, I'm coming from a, um, you know, a, a 20 year old kid from, you know, in, in 1998, I, um, that sound, we, I was listening to that in 98 and it was called hard trance. Yeah. It's the same okay. thing, yeah. right? But they've called it hard techno and it's not. And so it's just a case of labeling, labeling stuff properly because labels have power. And if you, you know, the sound is not, it's not relevant in terms of that underground hard techno vibe, um, you know, and you can go to any of the older guys like, you know, Henry or um, Guy McCaffer, they, uh, you know, anyone, anyone that has come from that kind of, that, that era where techno is a percussive beast. Yeah. Um, you they'll they'll tell you the same thing and it's just you have to just and this is why i put in labels like peak time progressive industrial house techno it's bad news and it just all yeah. you're doing is I mean, you're, it's, watering, I guess it's, you're watering down the vibe yeah i mean i guess it's all in a way to help people find what they're looking for yeah that's really all it is yeah it's a sales thing isn't it yeah. but um but it's just um i would love to see I would just love to see a little bit more of the grip released and have the kind of music kind of speak for itself and but how that happens i don't know but um yeah. you know social media is another huge thing isn't it i mean i'm, yeah, I'm not, that was something i was going to move into too, you don't I mean you, you don't about... you, you only have to look at my social media to know that i don't dig it <laughs> yeah i mean I how many it's i feel like every don't fucking Every care. Every musical artist I I talk you talk to uh, any genre, it just seems like it's very few that actually like it. You know, I mean, it's kind of become one of those things that you're going to get into this. It's just part of you the like, part yeah. of the job that you have to do. At, you know, uh, I mean, you you you'll like it. You'll like it if it if it's making you if it's getting you bookings, or yeah. if you're, you know, if you're you've got enough followers, genuine followers, genuine yeah. followers that will give you. Um, that will you know will then give you kickback in your pocket yeah but support you at shows and whatnot. yeah yeah but the majority of people that you know that are on social media they they spend far too much time on there for a start yeah um and not enough time in the studio just like making bangers you know you've there are plenty of people out there that are the models let them be models you know and and unfortunately yeah. we got to this point where it's just your face and what you wear and and how you act on social media has more of an impact on the scene than the actual music yeah um you know and us uh us ugly gits in the background we just kind of don't really do social media but just like making bangers there, there are different levels and and the higher on the higher your social media following is the more opportunities happen as as professionals and um i would love to see that change i would love to see kind of people because there are there are some artists out there right now that you know you've probably never heard of them but they're absolutely slaying it right yeah. now and you know, i i i have a you know i would dream of just creating a profile that is just doesn't exist online yeah. anywhere besides yeah. through releases yeah. i mean it's not really realistic but no, it's not I feel like that's more yeah. realistic. If you had a name and you had connections, you could you could do something like that, where you could still filter your tracks to people and just keep this anonymous online. I actually think in the future that'll be a trend. Like underground scenes will almost cut themselves off from the internet. Mm. I don't think we're there yet. Probably another couple of generations. I, yeah, I, I no, see I that as a, as a as a trend that would arise. Yeah, are you on TikTok at all? Have you been on that platform? What are your feelings no. about TikTok? Um not much really I'd, uh, i mean obviously it's a good place to to get noticed in for as an artist i mean um i know that i've had my masinki stuff especially is done pretty well on tiktok 
Skira not so much, um, but that's mainly because of the style of music, and I think because of the the way they use the music is a bit more, you know, yeah. dynamic and hands on, and kind of demands a little bit more kind of melody and stuff. Um, but so obviously, what- you know, you've got artists on there that have done you know massively well people using their tracks for dances and all sorts of stuff but i'll be honest with you i'm not um the best person to talk to when it comes to social media at all um when it you know and singing its praises because i just think it's just vacuous and 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 just you know and just soulless and empty and you know um when you've got um i saw a video the other day which was quite interesting as a chap saying um talking about tiktok saying um that he, he's he he thinks that it's some sort of chinese um w- way to kind of like to basically like uh disrupt the west because yeah yeah he's in china they use tiktok in a very different way to the way they use it in the west and in china you're you're um you're rewarded for being ingenuitous and being yeah they show a bit about engineers and yeah and just the more the more kind of the more stuff that you can kind of give back to the world the more they reward you but in in the west you're rewarded you're you're just rewarded for being a fuckwit and it's just you know and just for doing fuckwit shit well, so and I also just... the, the one thing way I look at that though is that's it's kind of the difference between a a planned society versus a free society. I mean, you're always going to have somewhat of that, and you know, if someone's yeah. motivated and is after a certain type of information, they can also find that. You know, so I get with that. I've I've seen that. Yeah, point as well. I you know that one. Yeah, but it, it, that's really interesting. I mean, you definitely I think about it sometimes. I'm I'm on there. Um, just okay. as a you know it's one thing i will say is it's changing the landscape i mean like mm. con like the way that you were describing say instagram it's not so much about um flashy models and curated posts it's more stripped down in that sense so I, right. it's changing what will work for artists so i do think it's yeah. something that everybody should kind of keep their eye on i mean that that comment was a comment that i <laughs> you know i agree ironically I know. from a video that i'd watched on social media so you know yeah, yeah. but the, the bottom line is that um i think if you're um if you can use it as a tool and you can use it you know in the right way and yeah. you, you know you get an audience like for instance you want to give like tips and tricks on kind of like how to make music or how to you know mix or or whatever you know something that's going to kind of people are going to use and they're going to take away and they can like they can get value from then um that's your that you know you're on the right tracks but if you if yeah. you're using it just to kind of you know self next big pranker or whatever then, yeah you know i'm not sure i kind of i'm down with that but yeah. you know each to their own man and you know we're all um we've all like you said we've all got our own vibe you know and, and just because i don't like pranking people doesn't mean that you know <laughs> there's a whole kind of uh you know community of people that do that don't you know, they did, there's there's loads of people out there that enjoy doing that sort of stuff yeah. and watching that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, I think for producers and DJs, it's to try to use it more as a tool to connect with people and to yeah, share yeah, that's it. things that you like and things that other people are doing. That's I'm I'm trying to move away, trying to move it as a way to put a spotlight on how I do things, how other people right. are doing things, things that I like, and I think that's just a it's that's the type of stuff that people are going to be gravitating to more now is as in terms of rather than just like a selfie or yeah. you putting up that you were featured on a Beatport chart or, you know, these kind of yeah, self-serving. It does tend to feel a little bit like Groundhog Day. I've yeah. got to be honest. Yeah. It's just yeah. the same thing over and over again, seeing people kind of, but you know, um, I'm very cynical. I don't mean to be, maybe it's my age. I don't know, but um, I, um, I'm just really cynical with stuff. I, I, I just like to, you know real stuff you know i like to be real i like to kind of i like people that are straight talking and you know um and i feel like society has kind of lost that because of social media but yeah. you know i've got three kids and i haven't got the time to be sat there writing about too, yeah. my life and how what i had for breakfast and you yeah. know um and and putting up snippets i've tried if you look on the socials you'll see the skira socials you'll see um bits and pieces of me trying to do things like that but when it comes down to it i just rather make music man I yeah like no, spend I some mean, time with my kids and I'm my wife you. and then when the kids go to bed um just get in the studio and do what i gotta do and um and that's that's kind of 
that's how I prefer to spend my time and, and working with my friends, you know, like working with, you know, um, you know, like other producers to, yeah. you know, pro- to, what do you, to what do you use? What do you use for DAW? You went Ableton. Ableton? Yeah. yeah. I was a logic user for 22 years. I've used and then, logic. Uh, yeah. And then um, a friend of mine showed me Ableton and said, you should check this out. And I'm like, nah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've been doing the same thing. He's like, you're institutionalized, man. you got to check this out. I know. So I, I'm in that boat, man. Well, I, I'm in reason, which people are like, why right. are you in reason? Um, right. But I used to use it with logic. I've used Pro Tools. Um, but it's just I mean, my workflow, you know? But I've been yeah, debating right. on switching to Ableton for sure. It's just... I know it'll be quick for me to pick up, but it's, you know, it's just changing your whole workflow. It's like, I got to pause, I got to pause everything and kind of regroup, learn a new system. So if it helps, if it helps you at all, um, I was in exactly the same boat as you. I, um, he, he said, you need to check it out. You need to kind of take a bite the bullet, check it out. It was costing me a fortune in, um, you know, in, uh, um, plugins on logic and um, he's like there's a load of it's all ships it ships with a bunch oh, of yeah. things that you're going to use every day and i'm like okay you know what i'll give it a go so i i, I got a demo and and uh and downloaded it and it took me all of around 30 minutes to work it out to feel okay it's really yeah. really really i have it, used it but i used yeah. it more back in the day when it was more just looping and it wasn't they didn't have as much of the full daw features so there's two there's two yeah, yeah there's two ways that you can look at the door um and so the looping obviously is that's the that's the way that henry put stuff together but yeah, he's seen him do that he's yeah. more of a he's more of a hands-on kind of um hardware kind of guy i don't i'm i mean all my hard i sold a lot of my hardware I don't really keep it. Um, I'm more of a kind of a. I do mine most I, of the box. So I too. love Wavetable and I love Operator, and they're the two synths that ship with, uh, uh, with the door. And then you've got um, other really just. So the the rack system in Ableton is is just second to none. I mean, there's nothing else out, out there uh, like yeah, to be the, able to create racks and and the way they lay it all out too, so yeah. very linear and yeah, I, I've. I mean, and also for collaboration, that's one the one reason why, main reason why I'm considering is just everybody's on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like easy to send files back and forth. So maybe you, so you, you would, you would recommend just taking I would, a I would 100% and, recommend, I would never go yeah. back to anything. I, I've actually, like after, after that length of time using Logic, I've actually forgotten how it works. <laughs> it's yeah. that, but I mean, um, there are, no, once you're on a certain level, you can pretty much jump to other ones. And like you said, yeah. you'll pick it up pretty quick, but it's, you know, your speed yeah. will suffer probably for a little bit. I think for me, I'm, I'm in the camp of work smarter, not harder. That's always something I always say to my kids, you know, always try and work out a way to work, work smarter about stuff and don't make it hard on yourself. And um, sometimes producing music can be a little bit like people, <laughs> people tend to get quite, they're they're shocked um at how quickly music comes back to them when they ask me for stuff and i've always had a well not always but since having my kind of system that i kind of use i've always never really understood why it's that much of a shock because you know it the 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 quality is still there it doesn't it doesn't impede on the quality um and they that's kind of how how the hell have you done that and it's just like just be smart about it. Got I've got uh, so I've yeah. got a template that I set up in Ableton, and it has groups. And within the groups, I've got a low, uh, a low group, a, a synth group, a drum patterns group, and then a highest group. And then they've all got EQ compression on on the on the groups. And then all you all I'm doing is just literally just dropping in anything with a drum rack. So drum rack especially is is great for techno because it means you can start working sixteenths and stuff with lots of different sounds. Um, I've got the TRA up there, which kind of, I can put that through and then you've got, um, you know, uh, the synths, which are really, they're just there. Um, MIDI works really well. So it's just a, it's really easy to be able to create something from start to finish. I've got, um, how about arrangement, arrangement? Yeah. So on the top of, uh, it's not necessarily a, 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 cause there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there as far as templates concerned. It's not like one of these ones you can buy off the internet or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's one, it's just, it's just an, an empty canvas that I know where everything is because I've, I've put it there. And then with, um, with, uh, 64 
bars, um, brakes, and I know where the brakes are. I know where I want to put my brakes. So you, you say you like you're talking about being DJ friendly. That's something that I've always had a big um, thing for. Oh yeah, your track. Sure they're always you... just in a set. They always just just like work so well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. Know I, don't yeah. I don't. I don't like. Like I've got rec- like recently, I've started to play around with my arrangements a bit more, drop things in and out a little bit in a bit more kind of unorthodox way. Um, the neck, the next, not the next hydraulics, but the next hydraulics after that is a little bit like that. Um, but it's um, essentially the first 64 bars and the last 64 bars. I, there's absolutely no way I would, I would mess the arrangement with those because yeah. I'm making these for DJs. I'm not making them to listen to at home. These are for yeah. people that need to use them professionally. So you know, you have to be professional about it. And, um, and it was when I was, you know, when I was kind of at the height of mechanical, that was the main thing that we, we looked at when we were taking demos is, is it DJ friendly? And if it's not, and it goes back, I'm sorry, you can have to work on it. You know, if yeah. it was a good track, then obviously I'll work with them to, yeah. to get it to a point where it's good enough to sign. But, um, yeah, a lot of people just want to be different and quirky and it's not quirky. It's annoying. So I know. <laughs> just, I've, you know. I've learned that too. Yeah. What the, similar to what you do, I just have a, a blank track that's color coded that I just, yeah. it just helps. I used to struggle with arrangements. Yeah. I used to struggle so much. Like I'd have this sections of my tracks and it would just take mm-hmm. me forever. I'd sit there and I, I don't know why, like I, I'd procrastinate a lot, but just mm-hmm. having it blocked out to be like, okay, this is my main section. Just copy all the sections and then just, then you can go through and. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. It's a procrastination it killer for sure. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. listen, we, we all, we all suffer from that from time to time. Um, and it's also important to kind of like know, for me, it's important to know where you want your sound to go, like, like be, and be confident with what it is you're putting out because Very good point. like, if you're like, oh, I'll try a little melody one day and, or I'll try this another day, or, you know, if you're, if you're constantly trying things out, then you're always in that testing stage and you're never in that yeah. final kind of, um, just nailing stuff down. Yeah. So you'll waste an um, hour noodling with a synth. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, when you got remixes, when you get a remix request, um, everything's there for you. You know, I know. You remix listen to the original, and you'll know kind of what, how yeah. you're going to put your mark on it. Yeah, um, I know. I haven't done tons of remixes, but whenever I have, it's I, it's honestly kind of nice because you just okay, these are the main elements I got. You can, yeah, yeah. The idea is there. You know, like you said, you just put your spin on it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So for an up and coming producer, what's the best piece of advice you could give to them who's uh, early in their career development? Yeah. Producer and uh, DJ, basically. Um, uh, to set your own expectations for yourself and to not, not and be realistic about kind of what it is you want to achieve. Because there are a lot, like I said earlier, there's a lot of people out there that when they first start producing music, let's say, young kids for instance who have just got a machine and 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 they've got ableton and they want to kind of emulate things and maybe they've got some decks and they want to produce or whatever um there's an expectation that when they release that out into the world they're going to be a superstar dj or yeah. a superstar producer um and <laughs> it's it's great yeah. to have those sorts of ambitions and it and it can and it can happen but it's more important to be set yourself a pace and set yourself small goals and don't um like i was used to when i was doing Masinki especially i was used to i used to set label goals so i'd say um for this year i want to have this label this label and this label um and then i would kind of aim to try and release on so i think one year i had reloads iamt and um black cat and i got a release on each one of those on that year and that was kind of enough for me that was my goal i set that goal and then it's funny because by then releasing on those labels you you then network with the people that run those labels and now like the tally cats is is my bro he's you know we're 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 bezies and it's like you know that only happens from not setting your expectations so high that you become this egotistical maniac who just kind of is so so bent on just being you know the next fat boy slim or whatever you know and it's just i like that and that that, that also it's it might happen but it might not and it's more important to kind of have a realistic goal that you it's not pessimistic to say that you know you you just have to like just feel the music for the music's sake don't 
you know, yeah. don't be doing it for the coin. And do you think that that helps in terms of um, longevity and having an actual yeah. something percent Because we all, we're, we're, this is a community. Yeah. And and can the community is 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 you know why we're all still here, you know, in, in, in you know, year in, year out. Um, you know, everyone's propping each other up. You know, I've got I got, you know, I've got friends in, you know, the US and in Canada, um, you know, Europe, Japan, literally all around the world. Um, and we're all there for each other. Yeah. You know? And then you've got obviously then you've got people like um, you know, I mean, Henry's a, a blessing for me. He's, he's helped me out so much this year, especially. Um, and, uh, and, and Alan Palmer, AP, these people in the UK are, they're legends. You know, they, they are, they're, they're known around the world for being, you know, some of the best hard techno producers in the world. Yeah, and AP and, runs refined format, which AP, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and he runs techno too. <laughs> He's, yeah. you know, and in terms of his really sound, quality. I mean, I, I've said it before to anyone who listen and I'll say it again, AP for me is the best producer, techno, hard techno producer in the world. Um, nice. and he, for, for a number of reasons, but his, he, it's just solid. Um, and he will his ego is zero and that's that's what because he understands the value of of, of what we're talking about about communities but you know and yeah and and running this this thing you know and from an underground perspective rather than a what can i get out of it yeah um well you know, techno and is was, really i mean there's a lot of electronic music genres that are global but techno specifically just does seem like it yeah the older generation so because borders. obviously it's been around for a long yeah. a long time the older generation tends to gravitate to it more i mean obviously drum and bass in the uk i don't know if it's the same in in the us but drum and bass in the uk is more predominantly for the younger generation um, yeah. uh so you will get a lot more kids in their 20s and stuff yeah drum tech, and bass festival, techno similar i mean drum and bass is not i mean not as popular here as in the uk i used to be big into drum and bass a lot i lived in san francisco oh, was bass, a man. part yeah. of the scene yeah i mean yeah. I, it's one of my favorites mm. um but yeah that and dubstep in terms of electronic music yeah so how about in terms of say for dj dj gigs and um what would be your advice to people on those i mean in terms well, of getting getting gigs yeah getting gigs Again. do you do you think more about building a more of a local regional community or yeah. do you think the it's through start your productions yeah, yeah. and um start yeah. off small and just try and um just try and do it for the right reason do it because you want to put on parties and you want to listen to techno music and uh, loud volumes you know yeah. okay. um you know to, to rent a warehouse um in the uk isn't huge amounts of money there's lots of people now who have got specifically um you know they've got licenses and stuff already kind of set up there's some amazing small clubs there's a brilliant club in london called fold um who are you know just been rate, uh, rated the best club in london um for, for for underground music and they're really reasonable in rates and, it, and it's just about building a community and and um and getting people to come and and, and have a party together and if um if you start there, then um, you will find that, you know, the more people you talk to when you're there at those those events, the, the more opportunities you get. Um, and then the festivals obviously happen and stuff. And But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, you get out what you put in. So, I mean, I, like I said, um, I don't have, because I've got, you know, I've got children and a wife and, and, and various other obligations. I don't tend to push for lots and lots of work um but i've been really lucky this year uh but it's just some people the more they you know more they work at it the the more kind of feedback yeah. they're going to get from it so so you're just you're as of now you're focusing on this residency that you have with collide is that what you're, you're saying um, before? Is, and yeah like, i mean playing regionally as much as you can i mean to be honest i don't um i don't have any focus on on like on playing like i I only really do I only really do DJ appearances for one reason and that's to feel alive. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. my I don't do it I'm a bit of a nutter. <laughs> anyone that anyone that's seen me play will know I'm I'm not I don't stand around and that's yeah. because um I genuinely love it and it's it makes me feel like that's the reason that I'm put on this earth is to feel alive, you know. Yeah. Um, I got that quote from Tony Romanello. He he's, he does the same thing, you know. When he gets beyond the decks, he feels alive. And you know, when you get to a point 
in your life you kind of there are things that make you happier than others and that just makes me very very happy and so i um that's the reason why i do it but um in terms of kind of like chasing it down there's a lot of work involved to actually get to a point where you're you know you're getting a lot of lot a lot of work and i was signed to three agencies at one point and um it was it was great i was getting some but the majority of this time people were coming to you they just send you a message to say we want you to play at an event or whatever yeah um but in terms of like actually getting noticed for those gigs it used to be beatport like beatport used to be the kind of platform where you would if you got your number one you yeah get right yeah you're going to get booking right that's what but i was it doesn't work anymore because everybody knows that there's no value in it anymore so um you're now getting to a point where you've got to find other ways of kind of getting yourself like getting out to promoters because promoters want to book you for ticket sales yeah um but it's a swings and roundabouts because if you haven't got the social networking following which i don't um then you're going to struggle i mean probably shouldn't say this but um it's only him that knows that um it, it it's it you know it was a conversation that i'd had between um a friend of mine who and myself who had um approached a um south a, a promoter from the south of france to um to book me and the promoter turned it down based on the fact that i didn't have over twenty five thousand followers and that was his metric for booking djs yeah um and he'll know who we're talking about but um i you know it's one of those things that you know i mean i have heard that details about but the bottom line is that regardless of who you know of how these things happen some there are people out there that are are booking people based on their social networking following and so well because yeah, yeah they just want to guarantee they're going to get people that show up but i mean but some there's of no the, guarantee that's that empty metrics you know you have yes, people buying like totally empty metric. you never go no exactly i mean some people i think uh, you know i think they're starting to look a little deeper as if your overall engagement on there if you have you know if you just have twenty five thousand followers and then like yeah. two likes on on a post it's yeah probably fake you know but yeah, yeah that's exactly. i mean that's there's a lot of people complaining about that it's rather unfortunate yeah you know but like, you know yeah, you get... there's no magic ball magic crystal ball is there to to get dj i mean yeah i'm i so my job now is i'm as i mean i do i'm a uh, voiceover artist and also oh a, really uh yeah <laughs> and that's also great. a um uh a dj so that's what i do for work yep. and i do open, open platform at the weekends when i'm not doing techno stuff um and do so what on the weekends so, so again. Open, open platform so like you oh, know okay. discos essentially oh, so oh, it'd yep. be like yep. um you know like macarena open format yeah we call it uh, open yeah format. saturday yeah. night um yeah. you know 90s 80s that kind of stuff and yep. um i get more money bunch. from that than i do uh, techno, techno yeah um and that's because of the because it's a little bit wider people kind of you know you've got weddings and, and oh, anniversaries yeah. and it's the same here and, yeah i can go yeah. dj a bar and play four yeah. hours playing like top 40 hip-hop and get paid yeah. and yeah 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 um so you know you really it highlights that you really should really only be kind of doing underground stuff for the love um and you know anything else that kind of comes out as a result of 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 you doing that for the love is is a bonus um if you look at it that way then eventually things will happen but yeah yeah um i mean do you have a goal to would you have a goal to make your music your main bread and butter or have you gotten to the point where you're just like at this point i just i I just want it to be a part of my life and i'm just gonna have you know my other ways of making a living and then mix it in with that and whatever happens happens um yeah, I mean, um, te- I mean, I, I, there was a point where I wanted to be a techno DJ full, like full time, of course, like everybody. Um, but it's, um, it's just trying to, it's just trying to build that, uh, build up. I mean, I've been quite lucky. I built, I built both of the kind of projects that I started in techno. I, I, I did quite well out of them. And, you know, I have had some amazing, shows i mean i did boomtown last year with um henry and ayaka mori and that oh, was just I saw that. incredible yeah. awesome. and um you know and and those sorts of shows are great they're really really good fun and um but they don't come around all that often so um 
I would love to do it full time, but it's just one of those things where um, you have to work really, 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 really hard at, you know, your social networking to get to that point, unless you are Henry Cullen, <laughs> who's just in the a legend. Yeah, at yeah. Every single weekend. I mean, he's doing something. So, yeah, it's how um, much when you're working on music, are you putting it? Do you try to work on something every day or do you um like how, what, what do you, how, how do you approach that? I, like, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't so much anymore. I mean, I'm I'm now I'm producing probably uh, one or two tracks a month. I don't okay. I really don't get a lot of time to come and sit down in the studio and write. Um, but uh, when I get the bug, um, there's been I, I've been known to go through three or four tracks a day. Um, and that's kind of um, that was at the height of it. Yeah. And I was up to not getting any sleep and you know, just being <laughs> mental and uh, and stuff. But um, I don't, yeah, I mean, just kind of the kids have got older and because the kids are getting older a bit more, they need, you know, they've got clubs and stuff and football and yep. this, that and the other. And so they're kind of, I'm always taking them to kind of whatever it is they need to go to. So when we get home, it's, and I've got, you know, get the tea on and all that kind of stuff. And by right. the time you've finished all of the kind of parental duties, you're not, you're not in a position to kind of sit down and think to yourself, well, I'm going to go and write a track, but, um, I prefer to work with people now. Um, that floats my boat a bit more because it just, I like, again, I like that. Pulls ideas on and yeah, it's sharing the workload. And I haven't actually written anything. We haven't actually, I haven't actually got anything penned in with Skira. I've got loads of collabs from the Masinki days, but, um, actually haven't done anything i've got i mean me and ap are <laughs> supposed to be getting something off the ground but it's one of those things where again he's busy i'm busy um yeah. so you know we, eventually we will get it done but um yeah, yeah. i i we've brought I've, i'd love to do a collab at some point we i know i mentioned it on email once um, yeah so we should yeah, definitely I'll, I'll try always, to get you something always up, some i'm always up for the idea 100 yeah. percent. i just don't um it's it's kind of like the the time it takes to actually get something finished off these days seems to be less and less but um yeah i'm always down man I'm yeah down. i know There's the struggle man I, I, I got three kids as well it's definitely yeah. you know yeah and even me i'm a little earlier i gotta really put i've been just pushing to get tracks as many done as i can and just send them out and um so i know i know the struggle like you yeah know, just being wiped out i i have found getting up really early in the morning is more oh, conducive gym for me. session what's that <laughs> I have, it's just the only time at the end of the day, I'm just too wiped out. So yeah, I do yeah. like live sound and event production for my, my job, like, right, which yeah, is demanding okay. in its own right. It is, so, it is, it's a lot of heavy lifting, isn't it? Yeah. Long days and travel. Yeah. 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 Cause you're so, the first in and you're the last out. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. um, what do you have coming up in the future, future releases, future projects releases. that you want to plug? anything uh, okay so- yeah so i've got um two releases on hydraulics one of them is um about to be released at the beginning of 23 um and then um there'll be another one later on uh which henry's just taken so it's it, it won't be for a while then i've got um, i want to say two releases on on refined format i'm pretty sure he he took two off of two two eps off of me um and then it's going to be some wicked remixes um for those i know that for a fact and then um then there's a really cool label which i i, I absolutely love these guys um the label's called audio block and they are yep. um they're actually club owners they've they've just really they've just opened a club in sheffield called forge and it's something that they've been trying they're plugging up they've been plugging away at this for years and um I've done some live sessions up there um, in the old, when it was just a, an old steelworks, freezing cold. <laughs> it was just yeah. great fun, but um, it wasn't really a club. And they've, they've just pushed and pushed and pushed and they've managed to get it open. And it's a thousand capacity venue and they're just, they're absolutely killing it every weekend now. Nice. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's lovely to see them doing so well. But that's the, so that's another one coming out on audio block. So yeah, we'll wrap this up. I got one more question and I think we'll, um, we'll call this out here so if this could be any anything this doesn't have to be music related if you could go back in time and give your previous self one piece of advice that you wish you had understood sooner what would it be 
learn learn finances learn, learn finances about money yeah and don't listen to teachers when they <laughs> tell you that this is how it needs to be done because they don't teach you about money at school oh no they don't like like for me um it took me it, i only started learning it in my 40s <laughs> um but they don't want you to know people don't want you know the the, the powers that be should i say i'm not i'm not gonna start getting into conspiracies because i'm not that guy but you know um they it's it's not a secret they they don't want you to be rich <laughs> so they, they want an employee you, they want an employee, want not an employee. Not an they want you to yeah. run the country for they want you to they need bin men they need uh lorry drivers they need people that aren't in a position where they understand finances because if you understand finances then you start making more money and when you start making more money they don't like that they don't want that yeah. so you've got to so you know the children i mean we always say to the to the kids you know you you have to get you go to school you have to do your maths you have to do your english you have to do your basic base level education but we will teach you we will teach you how to handle your money yeah um it's very and, good advice it's the same I over wish, here same over I here i wish somebody i wish my my old my old dad i wish he knew that when I was younger and, and taught me how to deal with my money. But um, it is what it is, you know, and I've learned that. I learned that purely by chance. So yeah. now I know it, um, I'm trying to pass that on to my children and hopefully that will sink in and they'll learn how, they'll know how to kind of go out and hustle for some for proper money. Because um, Skira, techno I've, producer slash financial, uh, financial <laughs> yeah, services on the side. Just plugging that, yeah. <laughs> great well thanks for being on my first episode here this uh interview series has been great talking to you um i really appreciate it not really having you know i mean i got the mix series but this interview series of it i still trying to figure out how i'm going to set it up if it's going to be yeah, a part yeah. of mr flick radio and um so I, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me oh, mate. it's my pleasure it's really good to meet you man all right